morning, church, and welcome back to our online virtual worship service. We're grateful that you've chosen to worship with us this morning. We pray that the things that you hear and the our worship today will be uh, not only a blessing to you, but also obviously um, pleasing to God. So today, let's focus as we enter into our worship. The love of God is greater far than time or can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest God and reaches to the again for joining us this morning. We're, we are and have been in the middle of our series on Mark uh, that I think has just been really great. Uh, I've really enjoyed getting to study that incredible gospel and we're going to continue studying uh, the gospel of Mark hopefully when we come back to our in-person worship services very soon, hopefully in two or three weeks, maybe the first uh, Sunday in December. That's what we're hoping for right now at least. But during this time, uh, while we're back to our virtual online worship services and while we're in the middle of a Thanksgiving season, I wanted to think about some uh, concepts that maybe we've overlooked and maybe that are very poignant for us, hopefully, um, during this particular season that we're going through. And so we're going to put a pause in our Mark study and we're going to walk through some of these thoughts. Today I want to take you back to the Old Testament, to the book of Psalms. In fact, Psalm chapter 95 is where we're going to be spending our time this morning. Psalm 95. We're going to jump there, jump in there at the end of this, this incredible psalm. Uh, 
a couple of months ago, we did a study through this through the Psalms, and that was such a beneficial thing uh, for me personally. I hope it was for you as well. Um, but we we did not get to study this this particular Psalm during that study, and so I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity we have today to dive into this text and see what it has to say for us. Psalm chapter 95. Let's start there uh, in verse. Seven, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day of Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test, and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For forty years I loathed, loathed that generation." And said, they are a people who, who go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Therefore I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So if you look back up into verse 7, you see a concept that we've been talking about quite a bit in, in our study on the Gospel of Mark, actually. Uh, he doesn't want these people, these folks, to harden their hearts, although their hearts are quite hard, much like you find the Pharisees' hearts are hardened in the Gospel of Mark. And so today we're talking about how to overcome a hardened heart. Now, the incident that the psalmist here in 95 is referring to actually happens, uh, is recorded for us in Exodus chapter 17. Uh, this whole Meribah and Massa, uh, what, what is this? What's going on? What's the story behind this? Well, if you turn to Exodus chapter 17, you get the story. This is before the Ten Commandments are given to Israel. In fact, three chapters before those Ten Commandments are given to Israel. And so this is before the visible sign of God's relationship with Israel has been confirmed um, he has brought the people of Israel out of Egypt. They have crossed through the Red Sea on dry ground. And now they're on their way. They're making the way to Mount Sinai. But they get thirsty. Uh, and they start questioning Moses and start questioning God, whether God's really there with them or not. Uh, if he was there with them, certainly he would have provided for them. Certainly he would understand that they need water. And so they are questioning, really, God and Moses. And they're so angry, in fact, that they're ready to stone Moses. They're ready to kill him. And so Moses takes this question before God, what, what should I do, Lord? And so God tells Moses, well, go out to this rock at, um, on the Mount of Horeb, and you hit the rock, and uh, water will pour out of that rock, and, and the people can drink from, from, that, from that water. But what's really interesting is in or excuse me, is Exodus chapter 17, uh, starting in verse uh, seven, uh, this place was called Massa and Meribah, because of the quarreling of the people of Israel, and because they tested the Lord by saying, "Is the Lord among us or not?" They were questioning whether God was among them. Really? Because he had been leading them 
for the last however many days, certainly before uh, the Red Sea, by a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day, a visible reminder that he was there with them protecting them. If you remember your history correctly, you remember that that pillar of uh, cloud swooped back around uh, behind the Israelite army and actually uh, confused the Egyptian army while God was uh, splitting the Red Sea so that they could walk through on dry ground. Are you kidding? Is God with us? Of course God is with you. You have visible reminders that he's right there uh, taking care of you, providing for you. But here they've, they've, they've forgotten. You know, they've forgotten this. And Psalm 95 could easily be uh, a psalm that was remembered during the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, this is an interesting feast, and, and there's a lot that goes into this that you don't have to know about necessarily. But one of the things that's important for our study today is... The Feast of Tabernacles was an opportunity for Israel to remember their time in the wilderness wandering. For future generations to look back on that scene and to, to remember the lessons that were learned there. To hear the stories of God's providential and miraculous care for His people in the midst of an incredibly troublesome time. And so this psalm, Psalm chapter 95 is to help God's people remember His care for them. Now that's going to become important because these people had forgotten, right? The, the incident to which God alludes here at the end of Psalm 95, they had forgotten. Now, if you go back and you look at Israel's history, right before this incident here in Exodus chapter 17, that, uh, that Psalm 95 is alluding to, You'll, you'll find right after they cross the Red Sea, about three days later, uh, the people start complaining. And they don't really stop for the next 40 years until this entire generation is done away with, until they all die. They complain, they grumble, they always are questioning whether God is with them or not. So this is not so much uh, of, a, of a complaining, oh, this is a dreary day, why don't I have food? This is a question of God's care. For them, and obviously, we look back on this with 2020 vision, and we see, well, how could you question whether God was with you or not? He gave you manna in the wilderness. He split the Red Sea. He gave uh, the ten plagues that brought you out of Egypt. He brought quail. I mean, just miracle after miracle after miracle, and then providential care stacked up on top of that, so that it's obvious to us going back reading their story that God was with them, but they. They've forgotten that very first generation that had seen all these incredible miracles. They, they had forgotten because they were thirsty. Now, in the midst of this year where it's incredibly easy to fall into this, this category of habitual complaining, I wanted to remind us of one simple thought. Let's not allow our hearts to become hardened like theirs had been. Like the Pharisees in Jesus' day had been. When they heard Jesus is teaching the Pharisees in Mark, when they heard his teaching, they didn't like it and they pushed back against him. You see that time and time again in Mark. Here, instead of that, you find God caring visibly for his people but the, at the first difficult season they encounter, 
They push back against them. And they don't trust that he's going to be there for them in the midst of their pain. I don't want us to fall into that same category, but how do we stay out of that category, right? How do we keep our hearts soft? It'd be very easy in the middle of 2020 for our hearts to become hard, wouldn't it? Uh, certainly, these Israelites are going through a very difficult year themselves. Uh, they're going to go through 40 difficult years because of the way they handled this first one. But in our situation, it would be very easy for us to become very bitter, uh, easily uh, to understand how someone could complain about this year. And, and you've heard it just like I have, I'm sure. Uh, if, uh, if your car breaks down, you think, well, isn't that just so 2020? You know, um, if someone steals your identity, you think, well, it is 2020. It's almost like every bad thing that could possibly happen has happened in this one year. You know, um, all the all the bad things that were scheduled for a decade worth uh, has been packed into this one year between the natural disasters and the race riots and the election and the woes that have come out of it. Uh, and, and not even to mention the virus and all the things that, that have come out of this, the economic downturn and all these kinds of stuff. It would be very easy to become bitter and to have a hardened heart during this year, right? And so we want to think about how to not fall into this trap because it is a trap that leads nowhere. It's a trap that only leads to pain. Uh, and you saw it from, uh, from the end of Psalm 95 here with these folks who had a hardened heart at Meribah and at Massa who were questioning whether God was really with them or not. God says, I loathe that those people, that's something you certainly never want to hear God say um, about you. Um, they are people who go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. Therefore, I swore my wrath are not going to enter my rest. Those are things that we never want to hear God say about us. And so how do we do that in the midst of a trying, troublesome year? How do we not have hard hearts so that we don't fall into these people's trap? Well, the good news is I think Psalm 95 has the answer for us, so we don't have to go far uh, to, to figure out the answer to this, this question. It's really pertinent to all of us, isn't it? Psalm 95, listen to what he says here in verse the first couple of verses, really. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him, to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his. The sea is his. For he made it and his hands formed the dry land. So why and how can we not have a hard heart? How can we not have a hardened heart? Well, I think Thanksgiving is a necessary first step. It's something that's so, so tough when you're in the middle of a trying time like we're in right now. It's hard to, to be thankful, right? And I think you've seen that with our culture. You saw people kind of excited about Halloween and, and then kind of just move on to Christmas. What's there to be thankful for in 2020? Well, let me share some things with you um, that we can be thankful for in 2020 right here from Psalm 95, written 2,000 years ago or, or more. The first thing, let's work our way backwards. 
uh, is we need to be thankful for who God is. That is something that never changes. Listen to what he says here uh, in verse 3. For the Lord is a great God. He is king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth. And the heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. In his hands formed the dry land. We are thankful because he is creator, right? In his hands formed the dry land. But he's also sustainer, right? In verse 4, in his hands he's holding the depths of the earth and the heights of the mountain. He's, he's holding all those things together. But he's also king, right? In verse 3, he is in complete control. It's really easy to complain about circumstances, if you're in a bad season, if you're in a tough, difficult time like we're in right now, it's really easy to complain because of what's going on around you. But Thanksgiving has very little, almost maybe nothing to do with what's going on around you and everything to do about the God that you serve. We can be thankful because He never changes. He is king, completely in control, but he's also sustainer, working in us and through us to make us who he wants us to be and weaving this world into a good world once again. Uh, but also he is the maker. He is so well acquainted with us. Why? Because he fashioned us and in his hands we were made out of dirt. He knows us and he is taking care of us every second, every day. And if he wasn't, the whole world would fall apart. That's the first reason I think we can be thankful. Look back up in verse 2 though. We'll, we'll find another one. Let us, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. There's something about community, right? And this is one of the incredible, incredible blessings of the church. We get to do it together. We get to praise God. We get to worship together. And whether you're sitting in your home to, to, today by yourself, or if you're with a small group of people, or if you're in, a, in our auditorium here and it's full, Man, we can't wait for that day, right? That day can't get here quick enough. But whether you're alone or whether you're in a small group or whether you're in a large group, we get to come together to praise God. And right now, during these two, maybe three weeks uh, that we're doing virtual uh, worship, we do that in houses, right? In, in small individual houses. But guess what happens? As we sing these songs of praise that we're being led in today, just because we're not together, our songs still lift up to the Father. We still get to come as a community and worship. Now, we might not derive the benefit from being in a community like we normally do in a worship service. But God still gets the praise. And there's something powerful about praising Him. So don't miss that opportunity today. Maybe you need to rewind the singing and just lift up your voice in praise to God as we all surround his throne in worship because of who he is and what he's done for us. It's incredible, right? Uh, the, the third thing I want you to notice is in verse 1. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. 
There's us, again, the community idea. Let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. That, that noise part I've always kind of found comforting because I don't sing well. <laughs> if you've ever been in a small group with me, uh, you know that pretty readily. And so I've always kind of taken comfort in this idea of, uh, of, of noise. Uh, it's kind of this general, maybe a derogatory uh, uh, sound. Uh, but that's not what the word here means at all, of course. It, it, it's a shout, uh, a celebration. And that's what we get to do in worship. We get to come in front of his throne, like Isaiah does in Isaiah 6, and just shout at how glorious and wonderful he is. Now, I can and should be doing that individually, and I can and should be doing that in a group. And that is the wonderful blessing that we get to be a part of today, is doing it together and individually. It's incredible, right? But these are some of the things, I think, that will keep our hearts from becoming hardened. It's such, such a, a scary thing to allow our hearts to slip into that mold, uh, to, 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 to be drawn into that trap of having a hardened heart. How do I stay away from that, from that trap? Well, I need to focus on being thankful. I think that's one of the ways that God has designed to keep my heart soft, to keep my heart always open to his tugging, to his, to his motivations, to doing what he would have me to do. Uh, and so maybe we make a list. Maybe you make a list this, 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 today about some of the things that you're thankful for, and you add to that list tomorrow, and you add to that list the next day. I don't know what this looks like for you. Maybe that's, maybe that's a good idea uh, to just simply sit down and make a list and focus on what we're thankful for. Because if we don't focus on it, if we don't pay attention to it, it'll just slide right out of our minds, won't it? And we'll find ourselves in a situation like the Israelites did at Meribah and Massa with hardened hearts who aren't even able to see the God that is right in their midst. May we never fall into that trap. We're going to pray today, uh, right now, and we're going to end out our, our, our message here this morning. Um, but on these last song or two, may you lift up your voices in thanksgiving. And this week, may you have a blessed week, but always focus on thanksgiving. Let's pray. Father, you've been good to us, even in this year, especially in this year. We see your kindness in everything that goes on around us, Father. We pray that you help open our hearts and our minds to these things that we can love you more, that we can be thankful more, that we can see things working out for our benefit, see your provision for us, Father. We want to be people of your pasture. We want to be the sheep that rest in your hands, Father. We know that you're the creator, that you're the king, that you're the sustainer. We pray that we'll rest in that thought this week. Help us to take comfort in knowing that you are in charge completely. We pray that you'll keep us safe, of course. And that you'll be with us, of course. But help us to bring honor and glory to your name no matter what else we may do in this life, Father. Help us to be thankful 
for what we have, but also to be able to serve and know you, Father. Thank you for Jesus and what he means to our lives. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Earthly wealth and faith may this time, let's prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper. In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 27, it reads, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let man examine himself. So let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. As time is clear our minds, in our hearts, and remember the sacrifice that Christ laid down His life for us and rose again. As we prepare our minds for the bread and the body that was on the cross for us, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24, it reads, And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. As time is to go to God in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for all the many blessings you give, you've given to us, Lord. Lord, thank you for sending your Son 
to die on the cross for us, Lord. Let us take this bread that represents his body. Let us remember to sacrifice in the love and grace that our Lord Jesus, that your Son, gave up for us, Lord. Let us take this bread with open heart and open mind, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. And it reads, In the same manner, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, This is the cup, the new covenant of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, and remember me. Let's go to God in prayer for the fruit of the vine. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful and blessed that this blood that our Lord Jesus shed for us to wash away our sins, Lord. Lord, we are so thankful that you sent your Son for ultimate sacrifice for us, for a sinner's death that we so richly do not deserve, Lord. Lord, but we are so grateful for this opportunity to, to remember that sacrifice at this time. Let us not remember the sacrifice just today or at this moment. Let's remember it through the rest of this week, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen.
Good morning, everyone. It's good to be with you this morning. We hope all is uh, in tune and you can hear us well. We are doing our services virtually for the next couple of weeks, maybe. Hopefully that's all, but uh, according to the governor this past week, if we can be good for two or three weeks, maybe we can slow the spread of the virus that's been rapid here lately. Have some announcements before we begin this morning. I'd like to announce John Klein's carotid artery procedure went well and he is now at home. Friday's eye surgery was canceled last week and has been rescheduled for December the 12th. Carol Galloway was admitted to the hospital on Wednesday. Uh, she has a kidney stone. Frank Garlic has uh, not fully recovered from a recent infection. He and Jenny both need our prayers at this time. Frank, as of Friday morning, is in step-down ICU St. Mary's Hospital. Mally Williams, having tests to determine cause of her recent seizure. Judy Gerald had contract surgery this past cataract, sorry, contact. Cataract surgery this past week, and Gail is home still recovering. Wayne Soward is 92 years old, and he's the uncle of Wanda Lawson. He has been diagnosed with COVID. Keep Wayne in your prayers at this time. John Dolan is the nephew to Alice Boso, has been scheduled for surgery on November the 24th. It's a thyroid nodule to be removed. At this time, that's all the announcements that I have to make. I'd like to read as we begin our worship service this morning. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 57 and 58, if you'd like to follow along. 1 Corinthians 15. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Would you bow with me, please? Father, we're thankful for this beautiful Lord's Day you've given us, that we're able to come and worship you. We're thankful for your son who died for us. We ask, Father, that you bless those that we've mentioned on our prayer list this morning and update, that you be with Kathy Haney at the passing of her mom and John Klein and Friday Simpson and Carol Galloway, Frank Garlic, Judy Gerald, Gail Hewitt, Wayne Sired, and John Dolan, be with them as they have surgeries and, and, and their stays in the hospital will be short. We pray that you bless each and every one of them. Father, we're thankful that we can come to you in prayer. We ask that you bless our country in this pandemic. Be with our leaders that they look to you for guidance and help in their decisions. Father, we ask that you bless our congregation. Bless each and every one that's a member here. Be with those, Father, that haven't been here in so long that they continue to be steadfast and strong. Bless our shut-ins. We're thankful for all of our many blessings. Forgive us when we sin. In thy son's name we pray and amen. 